Are you allergic to bobcats? I don't know. I haven't like hung out with a ton of bobcats recently. Um, I'd say I'm allergic to them because they're violent. <laughs> so, I'm allergic to all claws. <laughs> I'm allergic to most claws that end up under my skin. Welcome to Muttering Pines, the show where we fumble our way through the outdoors and try and do stuff with our hands. Hey, buddy. How the hell are you? Where's the Mr. Scott? I don't know. It's one minute past time to start, so... Sorry, Scott. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, You just texted. Be there soon, he says. Does he? Too late. Is my audio coming through okay, though? Crystal clear. Is it any clearer if I do this the whole time? It's like, sounds like a professional mic. Oh, it does now? It's amazing how much different it is just by moving it a couple inches. I don't want to hold it up here. There was some TikTok thing I saw where some kid was, he was holding it like this, and I couldn't understand what the hell he was doing. That's too close. I could hear the globules inside your mouth. So yeah, I'll just sit here. And I can do like voiceover work in a world where I have to hold my microphone so close to my mouth. <laughs> I'm at risk of eating it. And it still sounded like shit. Uh, wonderful. Do you, uh, uh, do you remember that time Scott was on time? Uh, there was once. <laughs> oh, you know what? Look at that. As I live and breathe, here he is. The one. The only. Quad smasher. And that is the slowest acceptance to a meeting ever. Ever. <laughs> still still waiting. Still waiting. Click the button on the left. Can you hear us? No. He's typing something into chat. Headphones. Sex headphones? Sex phones. In a world where headphones had intercourse with you, introducing the all-new Sex Phones by Scott King. (laughs) Pleasure for your head. Orly fornicate your eardrums. Orly fornicate. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell, Scott. I hear Scott clicking. The world's loudest mouse. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that, guys. Yeah, my headphones were just completely not connected there. Also, I had to quit my job there, so I'm a little late. All good. We we weren't making fun of you. Oh, I, I could tell by the looks on your faces that you were you, know, you were making fun of me. I, I did though. I just I quit my job. You did not. I absolutely fucking did. Yeah. No. Yeah, I quit. I quit my job. Wow. Holy shit. Um don't want to say this out loud but you know you just bought a property right well funny <laughs> funny you should mention that Matt. Um, so you just you just took on a massive debt load and now <laughs> uh, today I, I was finally fed up and i i told my boss i was like i just i won't like i i gotta i gotta quit and he, he asked me to just think it over one more day and so i messaged him back and i said no no i've decided and i'm just mad all the time and it's not good for me and uh, I have to go. That was the last message I sent him. And I've had a letter on my desktop on my computer for, I don't know, most of my professional career. That's a resignation letter. I keep it all the time just to remind myself that like, I, I don't have to put up with stuff I don't want to put up with. And uh, uh, it was really weird to use it today. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyways, so that's I've, enough I've, about me. Yeah, I was going to say, I have two things. One, if you're not angry anymore, you're not going to have any emotions. What other emotions do you have other than anger? You have one. That's your feeling. Wait, there are other things to feel? Uh, no, you're no, ask, you're no. asking the wrong guy. But people have told me that there's things other than anger that you need to feel. I'm only aware of these other emotions because I have to sometimes write them into creative briefs. Uh, we want people to feel happy. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I guess people like it. It's, it's a combination of sadness and alcohol that's what makes you happy so you do know what that's like but you haven't you said you stopped drinking alcohol so that's why you just don't understand what this this happy thing right 
You're right. I don't drink enough alcohol to be happy anymore. Yeah. I like that. That's good thinking though, Matt. Like you take two negatives and and they become a positive. Two negatives Mm -hmm. multiplied together are positive. Everybody knows that. Yeah. The second question I wanted to ask you, Scott, is at some point, is this podcast going to be about something other than yourself? Because Matt and I have lives too, and there's stuff we want to talk about. Let's continue talking about my. All right, and <laughs> take it away. I'm kidding. Note yourself. Don't bring up anything personal for fear of <laughs> hijacking a topic. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes is a little. No, I'm just kidding. Um, on another note, something that'll make you guys happy is that I've done it again. Uh, you talked to me and then had to shit your pants. I've done two things again. <laughs> it's 27 <laughs> degrees in here. Why again. is it 27 degrees? Because again, I preemptively turned on my heater and forgot about it. And now it's 27 <laughs> degrees and I'm sweltering. So that's just every week on the show. Like every week I am, I'm going to sweat. I'm going to be thinner every, every episode. So speaking of... Uh, purchases like we made uh for everyone not listening uh scott your purchase has gone through you are going to be a land owner correct i am going to be the owner of 160 acres of agricultural property near rimby alberta kitty corner to a quarter section owned by you mr northcott and i'm interested to know that the last few times we've gone out and done our trip and gone ATVing. You've rented an ATV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now you have, like you said, 160 acres of, I don't want to say pristine. It's probably pristine now, but come your possession date, it's going to be smoldering wilderness. Yeah, because of the wasps and fire. <laughs> yeah. And uh, are you considering purchasing an ATV? Well, I'm considering that. Yeah. And you're right. I do rent every year. And every year, the uh, ATVs that they rent me are, are Hondas. And uh, I think this year's was a Rubicon or something like that. It said on the front. Something like that. It was a yeah. 500, I think. It was a 500. Yeah. And the two years before that was a 400 both times. And I found... Well, let's, let's be honest. It's a 400 now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's still working. But um, the, the those um, those quads I found like they're they're good. I mean, for the most part, like besides the fact that I'm a terrible ATV driver, I was able to go most of the places that you guys were on on those Polaris's. You even went somewhere I didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I into the back end. Yeah. Oh, you, you've been there before, though. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this: it wasn't that bent last time, Matt. I don't know what you did to him, but. It was a little more forceful this time, though. <laughs> it was. I'm very sorry about that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I've rented for the last couple of years, and uh, uh, I found those to be perfectly good machines. But I don't really know anything about owning one. Like, I, I don't know what it takes to maintain one. I don't know what you should look for if you're buying one used or new. I don't know anything about it. And now I have to go down that. And so luckily I have YouTube. Well, yeah, and like, I personally have purchased two uh used so a quick recap the first quad i bought was in uh it was used but it wasn't i don't think it was terrible condition but we never really got to find out because our first trip out my first trip out with matt i uh i did what i like to call like one of those moves you see skiers do in the olympics where it's like a corkscrew and so my quad went vertical in a twisting thrashing motion and then uh proceeded to tumble down the hill behind me ouch now I, I jumped off and uh i just got to watch the shadow of it go past my head as all the fear came out my bum the shadow of death but uh it didn't look like much damage but since then whether it was just ill-maintained or uh things have happened to it uh, during that incident, I have yeah. had to, <laughs> I've had to, uh, Matt and I've had to rewire it at midnight uh, up at the cabin. Uh, I think it, even in the rain, there's a, the ignition wire was frayed. 
So if I was driving straight or left, it was fine. But if I turned right, it would separate and the quad would shut off. And we were down in the woods. And the only way back to the cabin was mostly right turns. Oh, I forgot about this story. That's right. Yeah. So I had to gun it at an angle far greater than right. And then go left, left, left. And then when I oversteered, I had to crank it right super quick. And just as it was shutting off, I had to, uh, so basically I had to lightning bolt all the way back up and then we had to rewire it. So I've had to do that. I've replaced the rear differential because, uh, well, it was cracked and the, what do you call them? The, the axles wouldn't come out. They were fused. So I've replaced both rear axles, the rear differential. Did you the, say they were fused or they refused? They were fused to okay. the differential. They couldn't get it out. Um, Same. They refused to leave the differential. So even after taking it to the dealer with their specialized tooling, they were unable to remove it. And I think they're the ones that cracked it, to be honest. But you think so? Either here. Yeah. But hey, whatever. No proof. Uh, and then, yeah, the last time we were out, actually, the last time we were out, I, I had to replace the front. Help me out here, Matt. What's it? CV boot. CV boot. And then the time before that, where you think my wheel fell off, it was actually just the lower rear control arm that I right. that, that fell off so and twisted. So I've had to replace that. Um, that CV boot was sitting out uh, in our campsite, like the rubber for it, remember? Yep. And yeah. uh, Alan was out there with us that year, rest his soul. And he, um, <laughs> he picked it up. He's like, is this from your quad? And I just assumed because mine was the rental. It was, it was from mine. And so we looked underneath and mine didn't even have any of those little rubber coats for the, for the, for the CV joint. And I was like, Oh, this is probably from Darren's then. And that, and then Alan was like, Oh yeah, it's a wheel part. It probably is. Yep. So yeah, long story short, I've had to uh, do much maintenance to that. Oh, and I've punctured the transmission case, which I have fixed with uh, JB Weld. Well, so I have a question, Matt, for you. Um, if you were going to go out and buy a quad right now, would you go out looking for a new quad or a used quad, pretending that we weren't in the middle of a supply chain crisis? Uh, how much money do we have? Because I really enjoy new stuff. And if you buy a used ATV like Darren got on his first one, it could be a lemon or could possibly be a lemon. So it's ATVs are expensive. Um, mm-hmm. Used ones are not as expensive, but right now the supply chain is causing used ones to be ridiculous. I would love to be able to afford a new one, but they're uh, they're just crazy money. So I would probably go looking for uh, a very low mileage used one. And then don't jump on the first thing you see, like look around for a while and get your, get a bearing around you and see what's, see what's available. But if you had, if you had the means, you'd pick up a new one, any particular reason? Mainly because then I know who drove it. I know who wrecked it. I know everything. There's no secrets. Hmm. Are there Carfax reports for quads? No. Like, is there any sort of system like that for quads? No, okay. so. of course not, right? Well, and that's the thing, like with buying a used ATV, like sure, you buy a used car and that car could have been driven hard, right? And it could have been in a couple fender benders, but there's a way to find out if it was. An ATV, someone could have rolled that there's no, like ATVs are meant to be uh, in more nefarious situations than cars are. So yes. like the risk nefarious of getting, your, your, yeah, your risk on a used ATV is greater than buying a used car, I think. Uh, just because yes. they're, they're, as Matt said last weekend, they're, a lot of them are driven hard and put away wet. <laughs> <laughs> the real problem with that one that I had this weekend was that the light bar was installed on two different peg holes. And so it was just like a quarter inch crooked and Matt, neither Matt nor I could stand it. And if no, it was, it, it was driving me nuts. Old. It, I didn't even it was, it wasn't the burning oil that you could smell no, no, coming the, out. That, that didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Because, because that, that didn't seem like it could be helped, but whoever put that light bar on, they were like, this is, this is fine. They said at the end of that, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was it was more than a quarter inch out. I was I was annoyed by looking at it that it, somebody put that little care to installing a light bar on a machine. Yeah, it's really irritating. I'm kind of annoyed you didn't use it. I did use it. The light bar? 
Yeah, I turned it on just after I ran into you to see how much damage I did. <laughs> you couldn't see because you were still dealing with the whiplash. Yeah, like I was all foggy and yeah. So you thought you were seeing stars and it turned out you were actually seeing the light from the light bar shining in your face. Not stars, light bars. <laughs> so Scott, I, I will say your, uh, your quad burning all that oil, um, it didn't bother you because you were driving it, but it sure did stink to drive behind it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah. It's a good thing I didn't have goggles. I would have been on front the whole time. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Like if you purchase an ATV used or not, uh, it's not just an ATV you're purchasing, right? No, like oh, need, God, no. You need a helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, goggles. Recommend goggles. Yeah. Um, that's not, a, I don't think that's an option. When I rented, so for the viewers out there, when I rented that machine, I also rented a helmet and they asked me, do you want a pair of goggles? And I looked at them and I said, no, I don't think I'll need them. And it was the dumbest thing I said the whole weekend. And I said some really dumb shit. We've done most of our trips without goggles because they're inconvenient when you're going through the trees and popping your helmet on and off. But this time was needed with the dusty conditions. The road was gross. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, aside from like a helmet goggles, like you're going to need, like you can't drive that ATV to where you want it to go. So you need to transport it. So, well, yeah, you either need a trailer or you need a truck and some ramps. Mm-hmm. so there's it's not just about buying an atv there's a whole sort of uh accoutrement a lifestyle if you will <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but yeah so there's things to think about it's not just the price of the atv right so then there's the next part is in the, if you live in the city where are you going to store that thing what are you going to do with that trailer you're going to have to then rent a storage spot or know somebody that has a place you can tuck it away or put it in your garage and what I'm always surprised at is when I put my quad in my garage, how extraordinarily large it is or versus how small my garage is. It takes mm-hmm. up half of, half of a bay and it's, it doesn't seem like it should. And then it, yeah. I don't have a trailer. So it's, I don't even know what you do with a trailer in the city. Can't leave it on the driveway. Yeah. in a double garage, I did. you would, you wouldn't be able to fit a second car in. Like it's, it's half a car. It is half a car. Yep. Yeah. Four feet by seven feet, just about, right? Is that about? Something like that. Four by six, yeah. Yeah. Arguably, double garages now, you can't fit two cars in anyways. So what else are you going to put in there? How do you lock it up? The cool part, you, you just don't. So quads are one of the easiest things to steal. It's it's amazing. Um, other than taking your key out, you have you have almost no recourse. I lost the key for my quad, and I thought I was boned. I thought I'd have to buy a whole new ignition module. And that is absolutely not the case. There's only like four or more, four or so keys out there for Polaris quads. Really? Yeah, it was, I was really disheartened when I took it to the locksmith. She took the ignition module, looked inside the, the key tumbler and read the number that was in there and used her electronic uh, key cutter to cut me the exact key from a digital file. And she's like, yeah, that's all it takes. Yeah, it was for $5. I had two keys. <laughs> I, Wow. And it was uh it was two screws and a thumb nut or something like that to remove the ignition module. So if you want to steal it, all I gotta do is take my ignition module and screw it into your quad. <laughs> like it's it's mindless. Oh my goodness. That's a that's a genius idea. You should definitely edit that out so we can go yeah. to crime. Good. Yeah. At at our old place I stored the trailer with the quad on it in the front uh on the driveway. Um and someone jammed a screwdriver into my ignition to try and I don't know what they were going to drive it off the trailer like I don't know what the fuck they were thinking but so if you're buying accoutrements like that like for storage and and safety that's that's one side of it but quads can be used for more than just tooling around in the bush right like there's there's stuff to you could do with them like can you buy attachments for them like blades and all that kind of jazz yeah Uh, you can buy snow blades um that said um great for like driveways like if you have a big shop driveway and stuff but i wouldn't use it for like where you've bought we put a snowblade on the one up in the cusp and my brother jade tried to shovel the snow and there's just so much snow it damn near busted the axle off the quad oh wow yeah so i mean snowblades are good if you want to clear 
like a large driveway in an acreage or something like that. But uh, I wouldn't that doesn't have too the, much snow on it. Right. I wouldn't use them for the two feet of snow we get up at our places. Hmm. The, um, uh, the, the quad that I rented this year had a winch on it and the years previous to that, no winch. So is it pretty common for them to come with a winch or do you have to buy one after and like how do winches work? Cause they seem very useful, like for tying it down, for yanking out stumps, for straightening out cages, like all sorts of stuff. I think winches are added by the dealer only. I don't know if you can get them directly from say like Polaris, but I use my winch quite often, pretty much at least once on every trip. And if I get more dumb, then they get used them more often. Uh, I've pulled docks out of a river. I've pulled uh, kids around reverse. I've pulled friends out of the bush. I've pulled myself out of the bush. Um, they're just, it's one of those things that I use quite often. I would, I would just like to say this time you didn't get stuck, Matt. I know I was trying to keep it more controlled and, uh, and then it, then I, well, I wasn't controlled, but it's fine. I tried. <laughs> I believed in you. I thought you did excellent. Yeah. Uh, that tree didn't know what was hitting it. Didn't need the winch for it though. At least that tree nope. wasn't your friend. No. <laughs> so Scott, with this, this quad of yours, there's all different types of quads. There's all different sizes and such what do you what do you want to do with it what do you want to do with this so-called machine that's a great question um the yearly trip for sure it's got to come out on that so i think quad's going to probably get purchased with a trailer that can fit like all of our vehicles i think that would probably make sense because we have to rent one every year but yeah it's almost entirely recreation except i wouldn't mind using it to do some trail clearing work at, at the property like Darren's been planning on on his as well like I think some of the smaller poplar that's up there you could like yank it out and push it down and drive around but mostly it's just for fun okay any opinion on how big of a motor you want to put in it like that Honda you were driving was a 500 uh mine and Darren's are 850s but they have you've driven 400s um I have, I own a three, 350 and they're all, they do different things, different things are better and worse. I will say that I had a, I, I couldn't have t- like, other than the size of the, the quad itself, I don't think I could have told you there was any difference between the 400 and the 500 Hondas that I drove. I didn't do yeah. anything that, that would have revealed that extra hundred CC. I think a 500 would be fine for my purpose. I like, yeah, the I think the bigger the motors on these ATVs, the basically they just go faster. It's not that they they have any more necessary power to to do what you're talking about, like you know, run down saplings and stuff like that. They have more, all have enough power for that. Just the uh, oh, just that upper, upper end jam. So yeah, your your 400, you just you just have choose a different gear and just give a little more throttle, but you'd still have you'd perform the same. Right. Yeah. It's not like a, like a torque thing. Yeah. It's well, there, there will be a little bit there, but you just choose a different gear, you know, give it a little more throttle. You can still do all that lower end work. Mm. You just won't be able to cruise down the highway at a hundred. Right. Yeah. That was something you said when we were out on the, on the trip this past weekend, Matt, um, when we were talking about quads on there, you, you said the Polaris's are belt driven, but the Hondas have a real transmission. What was, yeah, do you want to explain that again? I thought it was interesting. Have you taken apart a snowmobile or driven a snowmobile? Uh, yeah, they and have, dirt bikes, yeah. So a snowmobile basically would have a two clutches, two V-belt clutches with a uh, rubberized belt connecting the two. And as the engine spins faster, the clutch engages the belt, pushes it to the transmission, and then you can go forward. And the faster the engine spins, it changes the way those clutches behave and you it can push the power at different speeds variable speeds to the transmission on a snowmobile and that's the exact same thing will be in a in a Polaris quad so <clears throat> you have to be careful on a on something like that you can't just feather the throttle because you have to get that belt to engage and push or you just create a bunch of friction and you burn your belt out where Honda has a proper transmission 
and it has gears. So it's not as actively, it's not as, uh, it's not as seamless as the Polaris or the, the snowmobile transmission will be, but you have a definite metal gear that's contacting and you can do a lot of low speed, low end work without worrying about slipping this stupid belt and, uh, the, like you could fry a belt in a couple of minutes without a problem. Huh. And you'll, you'll smell it immediately. As soon as you slip that belt, it smells like a burnt clutch. So is there Gross. any advantage to the belt driven one? Um, cost. It is. Eh? There's, yeah. there's, there's few moving parts, simple, uh, but yeah, it's prone to that belt failing. You can swap that belt out fairly easily. Not in ours. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm wrong then. <laughs> so <laughs> why is why is that? Like, what's um, what makes it difficult on the quads that you have currently? Well, Darren and I own that 850, so its its belt is in front of the rear differential, uh, underneath the rear seat. So in order to get to it, you have to pull an awful lot of stuff out. And um, I don't know how the hell people could possibly change it in the field. I changed it in my garage and it took every combination of uh, socket set with extensions and universal drives to get it apart. Uh, and I scratched the hell out of my hands getting in there to do it. I don't know how you do it in a field. To be fair, we could barely change the fluids without a fucking disaster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So there, there is that. Uh, the smaller, like the, I think at the 500, or the 700 Polaris, the old one like you have, Darren, its belt is on the outside. So you just yeah. pull a piece of plastic and it's right there. So that is, that is super easy in those, those ones. But they, they turned the engine on this particular one we drive and it's uh, very inaccessible. So um, how often do you have to change the belt? Uh, there's probably a service interval in there. Um, but you, I think you'll just start noticing that it, it'll start slipping on you. You'll, you'll notice performance changes. And one of the easiest ways to get back original performance would be to put a brand new belt on. So the, the pulley or the, the clutches are, are V-shaped. So as the belt wears, it gets narrower. And as it gets narrower, it goes deeper and deeper into the grooves, which just means you won't go as fast. So the, the, the V's start dropping down and down and down and you just slow down. Wow. So, so just, just like we said last time, uh, when you asked the question about when do you clean your chimney and the answer was just before you have a chimney fire, uh, yeah. you, you change your belt before. just before the belt goes. Yeah. T minus belt going. T minus belt going. Those belts are something like 120 bucks. $129 to be precise. Cause I bought one for Jade. Oh yeah. And I'm fairly sad that it didn't go. And he had and in, the, in the field there. Yeah. I, I think when they, like I've had a snowmobile belt go on me and they go catastrophically. They just pop. So I've never had one go where it won't work, but doesn't destroy itself. There's a ton of things too. Like with ATVs now, there are a lot more electrics in them. Right, like my seven, the seven hundred is an O four, and it's basically uh, like three wires, and one of which was broken in the steering column. Yeah, one of which uh, we we've poorly fixed, uh, and like a carburetor. Yeah, and then you're just running on combustion between your legs, and there's something I feel there's something to be said about that. Um, it's easy to fix if it's not all fused together. Um, it's easy to break quirks too. The, the Honda this weekend, when it would get stuck between gears, it had only electronic transmission. Matt, you even tried to find the manual shifter for it with that little yeah. piece of iron. And we, I still yeah. never did find it. Yeah. And yeah, like with the, with the electronics on that one, it's, it's so heavily reliant on it that, you know, once it, once it's stuck between gears, you're kind of shit out of luck unless you can push it far enough to, to re-engage the transmission. Like there is something to be said, like I had an old Chevy, like an 87 Chevy that was the same. It was just like a big engine. You climb into it to fix it. There's like eight parts. I mean, there's something, there's a, there's a, there's something to be said. There's a feeling of just having like 
pure petrol spewed into a combustion chamber and that explosion creates raw guttural power between your legs and that's all you need to worry about that and a few joints it's it's um, like you're in advertising or something like that that sounded really good in 2000 hey polaris you can use that in 2004 for your ad <laughs> um but to counter what i just said my new one is a, a an 11 i think and i will tell you that power steering oh is, power steering uh, a bit of a dream yeah like following you guys uh, this weekend with just two fingers and your camera up camera up facing the wrong way didn't get to see anybody rear engine what did that but yeah fuck if only i'd known it's a mystery um He's left through the small door again. Oh, did he leave? I wasn't with with the Bluetooth headphones. So if we're lucky, he's getting a beer. If we're unlucky, he's expunging his bowels, and we oh, get to we hear, get to hear it all? the travesty that is uh, his dinner this evening. <laughs> but yeah, I would say like power steering is super neat to have. I was quite jealous. My uh, my shoulders and upper back were quite stiff when i got home after the fact i had no no soreness from riding aside from my lower back but that's that's a hundred percent that guy's fault yeah (laughs) yeah yeah there's no effort like i didn't realize it like when you so when i first got that machine and i took it up to the property i mean it's more effort to drive the 700 for sure but it's fine right you don't notice it and then the power steering if you're not going through trails in the woods you don't notice it as much but like you just said like this trip your shoulders were sore because we're huffing through the woods we're turning and backing up and winching and shit and uh definitely dumb and i i was not sore at all because it was no effort to turn turn my handlebars and just turn around. Like I said, it was all one-handed half the time. So I would say uh, if you can get a machine that has power steering and then everything else is just raw combustion, I would do that. But that doesn't exist, so. No. So time will tell to see how long power steering, the mechanisms and stuff live up for and last. But I don't think if you had a choice, you'd buy another quad without it. I figured, like, when I drove it, it was such a game changer that I almost bought one with it just to have it. Yeah. Does the steering not work on a power steering quad if the power steering fails? Like it doesn't no, just it's still, to it's still it's it's still manual, just like it would be if it wasn't power steering. Okay, okay. So it's not like the power steering goes and now you're stuck with a quad that doesn't turn. No, and it's not gonna like bind and toss you over the bars or anything like that, but <laughs> well <laughs> that's an operator issue. <laughs> we should de- we should definitely keep that sound clip for next year when your power steering binds up and you go over the handlebars and we can play that just before we play the clip of your probably death. I don't know how we're going to preemptively set up a camera at the bottom of the cliff when the quad throws you off at the top and we get to catch your rag doll body going down. Well, just have to do some due diligence, pre-map the trails and set cameras at the bottom of every cliff. And then inevitably you'll get something. Matt, this is an easy fix, buddy. If, If Darren goes over the cliff, and is dead we'll just winch him back up and do it again get the camera ready throw him over the edge and film it you have my permission (laughs) you can capitalize seconded if if i ever die on a quad trip you can do whatever you want with my body to make a great show oh man uh what kind of show are we talking about because there's lots of different types of shows out there now there's (laughs) definitely a plan b in there isn't there matt (laughs) matt is that raccoon skin in your office uh, that is a, was a bobcat. That is a bobcat. Yeah. A, uh, a guy, I know a trapper, he gave it to me and so I have it hanging on the wall. It's fucking awesome. It's very soft. Kitty cat. It is. You can pet it like a kitty. It was a kitten. Best kind of cat in my mind. You're allergic to them. Are you allergic to bobcats? Like if you go to Matt's house, and I don't know. I haven't like hung out with a ton of bobcats recently. Um, a little on the scratchy side. 
There's a family of five yeah. bobcats living in my neighborhood right now. I'd say I'm allergic to them because they're violent. <laughs> so. I'm allergic to all claws. <laughs> I'm allergic to most claws that end up under my skin. I have a question actually for Matt because I don't know anything about this. I have two Polaris. Matt has a Polaris and a Honda. Yep. And I know Matt prefers Hondas. What do you know about the other brands? Like there, there's Can-Am is a big one. Kawasaki. That's all I got. Uh, off my head. But then like, there's Yamaha. Isn't there one that starts with A? Arctic Cat? Arctic Cat. Uh, I don't have a lot of firsthand experience with a lot of those. I have opinions. And my opinions, I think Arctic Cat are absolute garbage. They're sold by Bass Pro. They're sold by... They're just junk. Is Let's just go with that. Their skidoos might be fine. And like they probably... Arctic Cat skidoos are probably great. But um, yeah, I have, I have zero opinion of the... Zero good opinions of the Arctic Cat ATVs. Um, Can-Ams are... I believe they're a Canadian-built machine. They're amazing pieces of technology. Maybe they're Canadian, but they, at least one time they were, they are competing for power with uh, Polaris really well. Like they have high horsepower machines, uh, high spec machines, but I've heard brutal things about the reliability of them. And if you Google it, I'm sure a lot of that stuff is backed up out there. Not saying they're all garbage, but I've heard of uh, reliability issues with the Can-Ams. They're have you, ever, the have you ever looked up the like reviews on Polaris? Like, is it just like a there's reliability issues with all things? Absolutely, yeah. There's there's no doubt, except for Hondas. And that's the that's my soft spot with Honda is if you ever want an engine to start ever, it's going to be a Honda that'll start first. Everything else will have some issue with it. An old <laughs> piece of shit lawnmower. If it's a Honda, it'll still start. So I have high praise for that. And I believe from my experience that it carries through into their ATVs. Now, Honda doesn't have the the thousand CC quads like everybody else does. And they don't go for racing machines and all the other crap. They just, they stick with one or two genres and they're quads that just go and they just keep going. And actually that reminds me, uh, now our 850s don't have this, but your rental did scott and i think most brands like i know polaris does when you get below the 700s um so if you don't want something that has all the cc guts like a 700 twin or an 850 a very very handy feature to have on those lower models is a pull start yes yeah because when your battery inevitably shits the bed you can still start your machine. And yep. So anything 815 above doesn't have that? It's just not possible. 700 above. 700 my my 700 just, doesn't have it. Is that an engineering thing or is that a... I think that I was told they're just too big of an engine to turn over by hand. Huh. I can see that. Yeah. Interesting. The 850, the engine's turned. So it's opposite to, or it's 90 degrees to every other engine. So they cannot put a kickstart on it, even if they could. But uh, yeah, it's that huge displacement, which I ran my battery dead uh, winching a couple times and it's, uh, it's not fun because you cannot start it and you're, you're fucked. And you can't bump start them. They're not like a motorcycle. No, because it's got that, the clutch. If you had a, um, if you had a, a geared, like a motorcycle, you could bump start, but yeah. And actually, Matt, when you were winching somebody's bumper. Uh, this weekend, I noticed oh, it was it was mine on that rental because yeah. because it was pushed in, and that company doesn't care, so we can just say it. <laughs> that's, Fair enough. That's that's what I. That's heard. okay. I also was winching my own bumper, so yeah, we'll just right. go all around say the bumpers are. Let's <laughs> go back to that list of things that you need to have on a quad, and if you want to have any lifespan out of your headlights or plastic you need to have a proper bumper on front and back now a bumper on the back darren would have saved you from some Me? other stuff no no it would have saved darren's quad 
a bumper on the back would have saved Darren's quad. Yeah. The bumper took would have taken the hit. I did not realize Darren's quad didn't have a rear bumper. The, of a quad without a bumper is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. They look cool, though, without the bumpers. Bumpers always look, in my opinion, dumb on quads. But huh. But Matt, when you were winching, I noticed yeah, that even sorry. though your quad was running, you were revving your engine while you were winching. Is that because even though it's running, they don't charge on idle? They charge a little bit, but the winch pulls so much power that that's how I killed my quad the one time when I was winching out is I didn't rev it. I was just letting it do its thing, and it sucked the battery dry to the point where it stalled, and then there's no juice to start it. It sucked the battery dry while it was running. Yeah. Huh. And then I was really, really stuck. You guys have beer? Yeah, but Yeah, we just got beer. What are you drinking? Tonight I'm drinking uh, Phillips Blue Buck. That's what you were drinking last time. It's because it's all I have beside the non-alcoholic beer in my fridge. Good choice. It's a good beer. It is a good beer. You know what else is a good beer? Pabst Blue Ribbon. I'm also <laughs> drinking PBR. <laughs> okay, Matt, your quad has a bumper on the back. Going back to the bumper thing, because now I'm thinking yeah. about damage to mine. Uh, <laughs> it's just something that Scott's face reminded me of. So clearly mine doesn't have a rear bumper. Yours does. Yeah. Is that something that you can add aftermarket? I think uh, they're pretty much only added aftermarket. Oh, really? Oh, so really? When, you, yeah. when you buy one at the dealership, it's not like, here's one with all the bumpers ready to go. So going back to our new quad conversation, that means that's another thing on a new quad you got to account for is buying bumpers. Yeah, like the 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 quads from the dealers are going to come as an ATV that drives. So then if you want to put storage boxes on it, bumpers, hitches, right. uh, winches, winches, light bars, all that shite, that's, that's all on you. And they charge a lot of money for that. I don't know how it works. I've never bought a new ATV, but my father-in-law is buying a, I guess it's a UTV, like a razor, a player's razor. Is that the side-by-side? Yeah. Yeah. And basically it reminded me of like a long time ago when my dad drank the Kool-Aid and bought a Saturn, it was like, Hey, a razor is X amount of money. And then you go there and it's like, what do you want with your razor? It's like, Oh, well, what do you mean? It's like, Oh, would you like uh doors? Uh, yeah. Would you like a roof? Yeah. A windshield? Yeah. Gas pedals? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it's basically just like a, a raw machine and everything that you see when you see someone have a, like a razor, like 33% of that machine is add-ons. Yeah, they've done a great job at marketing it. All the stuff that goes inside of it. There's cool options you can get inside. There's uh, heat and air conditioning you can have uh, yep. pumped in inside those things now. He's getting the heat but, in there. And yeah, all of a sudden you're at, yeah, you're at $30,000. Yeah. Thir- like three zero? 30 grand yeah, for a razor. So expensive. Yeah. That's not that's not totally out of line either. Like well, no, what's I've... a new quad now? 12? Like a quad. Yeah. And that's before adding like a winch and a bumper and the, the side by sides have been in that price range since before the supply chain problem. Like we we saw one price to, is am I saying this right? Is it Kubota? Is that K-U-B-O-T-A Kubota? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah one of those is like 24 grand base price so that that doesn't surprise me at all that it, 30 seems like not bad if you got gas pedals with it i remember my family bought a car new for ten thousand dollars i know that's the thing that drives me crazy about it i look at that and i look at a honda civic and i'm like could i just put bigger tires on a civic well this goes back to the tracker go get a tracker Oh, go get a tracker. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, so I have a question about these though, the, the side-by-sides. Why are side-by-sides? Why? Why like, are? Why is why life? Are, why are, why are side-by-side? I don't, I don't understand why are side-by-side. The, like the quad I can understand the quad. Like we were talking about this when we were out on the trip this weekend, it, there's almost nowhere I can go that a quad cannot. It's astonishing 
the places that they can get to, the hills they can get up, the shit they can get over, even a cheap one. It's amazing. A side-by-side doesn't seem to have that same versatility. So what is its purpose? Like the quad uh... looked like it was a farm vehicle that became a fun thing to drive. And I have to assume that the side-by-side is the same thing, a farm vehicle that has become a recreational vehicle. I wouldn't, I don't know the history. I don't think you're wrong. Um, in terms of versatility, yes and no, depends on the side-by-side. Uh, the one my father-in-law is getting has a 50-inch wheel span, I guess. I don't know, it's width, it's 50 inches wide, which is, if you know the width of a quad, not much wider. No, it's only two inches wider. So, like, width-wise, I can go through the same shit we go through. Um, that said, it is not six and a half feet long it's 10 feet long so your maneuverability on turns is definitely a little more limited but i think there's advantages like you can legally have somebody with you that's a good point um you're covered from stuff like branches hitting you uh you have a steering wheel as opposed to handlebars and i think like side by sides now, like the razor anyway, their main purpose is racing. Like people go on trails and they just hammer at like a hundred kilometers an hour. I see. So the one my father in law has has like a box on the back. Like it's That's like a sort of like a truck. ranger. A ranger yeah. or a uh um John Deere Gator. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Yeah. So those are cool if you have a farm. Wait, does John Deere make a quad? I would like a John Deere quad. They make a ranger. Or not a ranger, a what did a I gator. say? A gator. A gator. So it's a side by side with a little truck bed in the back. Hmm. But when you sit inside a side by side, they're much lower to the ground. Like you're when you sit back, you're in a bucket seat, you're reclined and down in like a, a razor. So your center of gravity is low, you can go faster reasonably. When you sit up on a regular quad, you sit basically straddling a horse. Yeah. You're very tippy, um, but you know I, I think each has their benefits. If you're going with a family and you don't want to bring, you know, two or three quads for your family of two or three, then one of those side by sides you can get them to hold three or six people. So they're kind of like a they're not a terrible investment for something like that. I don't like I don't really like the idea of trail riding on a trail that's ten feet wide. And it's just, those are called roads. So you're riding roads. <laughs> yes, I'm with you. Yeah. I told some of my coworkers today uh, that like what we were up to this weekend, like I said, on Saturday, we did a hundred and some kilometers on mountain trails and quads. And there's lots of outdoorsy people where I work, but none of them. Wait, 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 where you work? Where I worked. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Holy oh. shit, I'm unemployed. Better crack another beer. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nothing you to lose. Save that. Um, anyway, the I don't even know what the point I was trying to make there was, but start my life. Are, that's going to be amazing. that's going to be my biography. Don't even know what the point there was. <laughs> What's the point, Darren Northcott? <laughs> or like extremely underwhelming. So, Scott, are you? Uh... What are you going to be in the market for then? For new, used, idea oh, on brand? Do you have a? Do you care? Used, used for sure. It has to be used. I think I'm going to take your advice and take a Honda. And here's the reason: my my purchase isn't going to be just my purchase. It's also going to be shared with the other family that that is on that property. You're going to want two. That, well, I eventually will want two for sure. But um, for now, I know that lots of other people are going to be driving it, and so. The idea that it is easily maintained, starts reliably every time. And the fact that I, as somebody who had never ridden one before, was able to just hop on one and follow you guys around on the trails a few years ago, even a 400cc one makes me think that the Honda is the the right pick for uh, something that's going to be used by multiple people. And on top of that, I might even maintain it, unlike the place I rent from. So it well, could last for decades. That's my question, Matt. You have a you have a three fifty Honda. Yep. How is maintaining it compared to or any different than our Polaris? Like we just uh, drained my Polaris and did the full 
fluid maintenance on it. Is it any different for the Honda? Easier? It's the same. It still has front rear diffs and engine transmission. And so you still have all those fluids, but my, this, that Honda is, uh, the 2003, anyway, it just takes like regular oil that you buy at Canadian tire. I don't have to buy Honda oil. I don't have to buy like $25 drive differential fluid for the angle gear in the front right corner of it. Like, so it's cheaper to maintain because it's just simple. It just takes gear oil and engine oil, like 1540 or whatever. I have to look it up. I don't remember. Just regular old stuff. So for that, mindless. Um, Interesting. It's because it burns easier, right, Scott? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the best burning. The nice, sweet, light, crude oil in there, and she just comes out the tailpipe. and It's easier on the face of the people behind you. Just the light spattering of Canadian tire oil as opposed to the <laughs> the posh Polaris oil. <laughs> that, With a, a custom cream. royal purple hue. <laughs> So it's like getting a, getting hit in the face by Cupid's zirconias instead of actual diamonds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about like practicality when it comes to quad owning and quad running, like which one's easy to maintain, which one's reliable and all that sort of stuff. Which quad is the, is the like powerhouse, which is the one that is like you get on that when you want to go fast and it maybe isn't reliable. It maybe isn't even that good a piece of equipment but lord does it go is there one of those that's on the, the one you want to get on and go fast is the unreliable well that i mean <laughs> sure uh i'd say can-am probably wouldn't it be yeah like can-am or now uh i think it's this year or last year players came out with a thousand cc quad which can-am had for a little bit i think might be wrong thousand but cc's it's what do you need a thousand Maybe it's because I'm old now, but what do you need a thousand cc's for on a quad? Like that's just yeah. an extra 150 cc's straight to fucking quadriplegic zone. Putting the quad in quadriplegic. Put, putting the quad in quadriplegic. <laughs> there it is. Have you guys uh, looked up any of the new? Side by side stuff from Polaris or Canem, no. or like just sales brochures. Did you not listen to anything I've been saying for the last fifteen minutes about side by side from Polaris? No, what? Wasn't listening. Don't care. <laughs> That's also going to be the title of my biography. <laughs> Wasn't listening. Don't care. Ah, <laughs> uh, the. They've upsized the engines again in the, the new side-by-sides. Those, I don't know what they call them for their, uh, like their Baja style ones that are the size of cars or small trucks. But they're like twin- 50 grand, eh? Yeah, they're right up to 50 grand and they have turbocharged engines producing 250 some stupid horsepower. Um, you can do all wheel drive burnouts on asphalt. It's, it's crazy. There's, if you want to go fast and just for the sake of going fast, you go in one of those things. Hmm. Go find a sand dune and go roll yourself down it. I don't recommend, especially at our age, going for anything over 850 cc's. Especially if at some point you're going to pass this down to like your kids and be like, hey, learn to ride this. Oh, God, you're dead. Yeah, that exactly. That's exactly what's going to happen to it. Like I think the one you had a 500, like a 500... Or in Polaris, I think it's a 500 HO. Like those, I don't think there's much wrong with that for what you need it for. I wouldn't go lower, but keep it between five and seven. I think you're totally fine. Yeah, I, I, I felt totally comfortable on the five. Again, I didn't like feel much of a difference between it and the 400s that I'd ridden the two seasons previous. But I felt um, it. Thanks. Um, well played. That's um. You guys mentioned this earlier. Storage boxes. So you guys have boxes on your quads. Did tell tell me about that? Like, do you buy those as an accessory? Do you build them? Like, you built one, Darren. Um. Yes. All of you that. Can, well, you can obviously get Polaris branded ones. Like, uh, Matt, I don't know if yours is. My front one is Polaris branded. Um, yeah, my so is my front one. They built. That's the one that's built into the 
the chassis type. You get that yeah. one from Polaris. That's a freebie. No, 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 no. You you add that. So if you get the one from Polaris, it's a hard chunk of plastic. So then if you want that plastic to then be a flip-up box, it's then you pay more money. Yeah, <laughs> free with extra money. Free, there you go. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't understand <laughs> what you meant. Free with donation. Yeah, or you can buy like aftermarket those rear storage boxes that double as a seat uh seat back are out there and those are super handy to put like the stuff you'd need like a shovel and tools and lunch but yeah you can buy any assortment of attachment like you can get cloth bags for the back here atv hmm. you can get gun boots uh gun racks for the front which i don't recommend they don't really yeah, work. They- they're, they're I mean, not as good as they seem, are they? No, because, like, what's your quad? 48 inches wide? No gun's yeah, 48 yeah. inches wide, so it sticks Yeah, just out. my 22. My 22 is the only one. You clip, you clip a branch, and then it's busted, and you're, it's a waste of whatever, 200 bucks or whatever you paid for that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a variety of stuff you can get for it. Like, like I said, it's not just the, the quad you're buying. It's the everything so, that goes with it. I have a... I have a question for you guys. Do you want to know the story of Can-Am? Because you were, you were right, by the way. About were you looking Canada. it up right now? I did earlier. Yeah, I, I just quickly looked it up. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, Can-Am is, in fact, a Canadian company. The only reason I can tell it's a Canadian company is because uh, it is part of Bombardier, which is Ooh. famous Canadian company. Is right? it Bombardier or Bombardier? Oh yeah, pardon me. It's Bombardier. I'm from Manitoba, so we still call it Bombardier. Um, Bombardier. Bombardier. Yeah, uh, that's right. Um, Sorry, like continue. Portage La Prairie is where one of my cousins lives. It is not pronounced that way. Anyway, so Can-Am uh, was started during the Second World War, if you can believe it. And it became, it was originally called Bombardier Recreational Products, or BRP, and it focused on snowmobiles, but then it started expanding its offering. And so uh, it's now, looks like it's headed out of um, the United States, but yeah, it is a Canadian company. It is a fucking Oh, I'm sorry. sorry what? The concussion I gave you, <laughs> is the concussion still bothering you? I'm sorry about that. No, it's the uh, pain medication he has to take for his slipped disc. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it, I already had a, a bit of a agitated disc, and I really thought that you would have like pushed it all back in. But that's no, not, no. it's not the case. You, you've definitely fucked up a different disc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you um, I didn't realize they were part of Bombardier. Bombard, fuck, see? Bombardier? Yeah, yeah. Just, just say it wrong. Just say it wrong. Bombardier. Well, so here you go. Without getting too much on a tangent, if you want to get a real ATV, get an Argo. Six okay. wheels. An Argo is, it's, it's a boat with wheels sticking out the side. It's amphibious. You can take oh, it in the water. I know that it, thing. like a top speed yeah. of four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But who cares if you can head to the water and go? Yeah, not going to rear end me in the water. Uh, well, <laughs> so Scott, do you remember the last trip we were out? You rear ended me. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, with the yeah. four hundred. That was not the incident that pushed the radiator into the fan from that same four hundred that I had the next season. Somebody else did it between my trips. Ridden hard, put away wet. Put away wet. <laughs> <laughs> Also, the title of my biography. Here's my big question for the day then. Unless you own property or you're like part of a group where you go out every weekend, is it worth purchasing a quad or an ATV versus Mm -hmm. renting one? Okay. Well, let's do the math on that. If we want to do it from just a cost perspective, every season that I've rented, including the price of the trailer, has cost me about $400 in total. That's for uh, three nights with the quad and a trailer. Even if it's that's a trip one weekend, one weekend. That's one, 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 one trip, right? Run one trip a year. So at the cadence that I was doing them, sure, I should never buy a quad ever. Like it's untenable. But if you do 
what, like, I guess five, three, three trips a year. If you do three trips a year, now you're into warranty territory for the price of a new quad. So you have to be able to justify three full trips a year to not be renting, in my opinion. But that's at your, was it your daily rate was something like 150 bucks a day. Yeah, which, somewhere that, around that. That is, that is free. Yeah, which is, so my friend, I had a friend one time that pointed this out to me um, when I was in my 30s. And remember when you're in your 30s and you had to go to weddings all the time? And it was really irritating. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Here, here well, comes funerals. Yeah. <laughs> this friend of mine pointed, yeah, that Jesus Christ, you're right. Um, this friend of mine pointed out to me that. Well, let's, let's be fair. People are going to be going to our funerals. I don't think we're going to be going to many funerals. Yeah. <laughs> That's also probably true. You're right. I'm not going to have to go to many funerals. Um, Nobody's going to my funeral. There are 12... We're not giving you a funeral. I don't want one. <laughs> there are 12 summer weekends a year. That, that was the point my friend made to me. And, and it, the point that friend was making was... It's a lot like when somebody's like, can you come to my wedding this weekend? They're asking you to give up a material amount of your summer by a long shot. And when we're talking about this quad rental thing, if you, if you can do three trips a year is the, is the amount where you should start considering purchasing one. That's a quarter of your summer that you're spending on a quad. Do you think most people spend a quarter of their summer in a quad adjacent territory? No. No. Yeah. But I think people that want to buy or want to enjoy an ATV would have no problem spending a quarter of their summer. Yeah. It's one of those things that you could also, uh, you buy it, say this year, you think you're going to really like it. So you, you go hard and you go, you know, five weekends this year, maybe next year you do, three weekends and then you get tired of it and you sell it in a couple of years. You're like, wow, that wasn't for me, but you still definitely got your value out of it. The machine's oh, yeah, still totally. relatively new and you're on to other things. That must be where most quads on the market come from, right? From bankruptcies and lack of interest. Definitely lack of interest. There's, yeah. there's machines out there that are, you know, going on a decade old and still only have, what that one have like 800 kilometers on it. Which one? That one we looked at along with yours? Yeah, yeah, it had less yeah, than... Yeah, it was like, my, yeah mine had 1,100 and it had a nine-something. Nine they're, measured, yeah, they're, they're measured in kilometers, not hours? Both. They're both. Oh, they're both. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure which one's more beneficial. Yeah, do you guys both look at kilometers when you're purchasing or does hours matter to you? Do you look at both? Uh... I don't really have anything to stand on to say if hours are bad for them. Is that just like low speed idling or just low crawling yeah. speeds? I don't know. I, I pretty much only go on kilometers. So are you, uh, what's, what's your next step here, Scott? Are you going to start looking new or yeah. are you going to look used? No, no, I'm, I'm only going used. I, I don't, I don't see any good reason to, to buy a new quad. I don't, I'm not, I'm not into it enough to justify the cost of that. That's the, the simple truth of it. I'll, I'll go tool it around the property a little bit, you know, a few weekends a year and then that trip with you guys and that's it. What I'm actually more apt to spend money on is the trailer and that it has a little bit of storage on it. Cause I noticed we spend a lot of time trying to strap down stuff at the front of the, the trailer and having like a box on the trailer be useful. So, so my, so long story short is I'm going to buy a used quad, it's probably going to be uh, as like close to cheap as I can do it. Um, and I'm going to tr- slightly overspend on the trailer because I would rather have a good one of those for the rest of existence for the, for the next four years that I live before I finally perish on that quad. Probably, probably, probably some retribution from you because you seem real mad about me rear-ending you. Uh, uh, in his defense. I, I understand. <laughs> As somebody who has also been rear-ended by Scott King, it yeah. like to clear it up, like for you, it won't be retribution for me because I'll have succumbed to my injuries from that incident and I'll be dead. Do you think maybe the reason you're so hot right now isn't because 
the temperatures up in there, but because you have internal bleeding? No, it has nothing to do with the temperature. The re- the the back thing is the reason I can't feel my penis right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt favors Hondas. You are looking for a Honda. Well, I'm pro Honda. I mean, I've like ridden Hondas and they've been great. Person I know that knows the most about them recommends them. You guys both drive Polaris's and you seem like assholes. So yeah. So yeah. Not, not, not entirely untrue. Um, yeah. I think the key here is that uh, there's an opportunity. Honda is coming out with anything new that they want to see test driven for zero viewers. Uh, <laughs> you know, you just gonna say there's a there's a, a real advertising opportunity that you should jump on, Honda. Who are you talking to, Darren? There's yeah, nobody you're talking to. I like to call them ghost listeners. That's funny. Okay, so what did we learn? Uh, I learned that I'm allergic to bobcat claws. Uh, I learned that Scott is unemployed. Uh, I learned that Matt doesn't listen or care. (laughs) That is true. Quite true. (laughs) There you go. On that note, I think there's plenty of misinformation on this episode, and it's probably time to... uh, Give it a bit of a rock and jam the transmission on this thing into park. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. Nobody. <laughs> Good night, nobody. Hey, nobody. Don't forget to stalk us on YouTube, Instagram, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The information and opinions within this broadcast are those solely of three guys who barely know how to tie their shoes let alone do anything functional in the real world. They are not to be taken as advice or as actual instruction on how to do anything we've mentioned ever. That is the end of this disclaimer.